Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. Amen. All right, well, happy Mother's Day to all the moms that are here. Um, God's plan, His wisdom, He chose you to be the mother of the children that He has given you. God did not make a mistake when he entrusted his children for you to take care of them. So thank you for being a mom. Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter number 13. Hebrews chapter number 13. Hebrews chapter number 13 and verse number 5. The Bible says, Let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as ye have, for he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. At times, moms, I'm sure, have felt lonely. At times, I'm sure moms have felt that someone has left them. What do you mean by that? There's moms all over the world that have raised kids in Christian homes. Now they've gone out in the world. <laughs> There's a sense of loneliness that can come over you. There's, there's moms, they thought everything was going great. Fine. Christian women. Husband walks out. And now she's left to raise kids. Kids leave moms to go out into the world. Husbands leave their wives. And now what are they left with? It would be perfectly natural. It would be normal for that mother to feel lonely. No one wants someone to leave them. But Hebrews 13.5 says, how in the world can you be content with such things as you have? How in the world can any mother be content who is in a situation like that? And there's moms right now today that are in that situation. How can they be content? Verse Five at the end has the answer. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The deadbeat husband might leave, the kids might go out into the world, but there's one person who will not leave you, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And our help will not always come in a physical form. Our help will not always come in a circumstantial form here on earth. It won't happen all the time. But spiritually speaking, we have help. God won't leave that mom. If she's truly born again, she has a Savior that won't leave her. That is the only way that someone can be content as, with what they have. It's the only way with God. I don't know how people do it without God. Let's go over to Psalm 34. Psalm chapter 34 and we'll look at the broken-hearted mom. Psalm 34. Here in the midst of raising kids, there might be a lot of broken-hearted moments. <laughs> things happen. Things come up. But Psalm 34, let's get some help from God. Uh, Psalm 34, let's go to verse number 18. Bible says in verse number 18, The Lord is nigh. That word nigh means near. God is ready to help. He's ready to heal. 
God, he's nigh. He's not distant. God's not remote. He's nigh. The Lord is nigh unto who? Them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite heart. You got a broken heart? The Lord is nigh. The Lord is near. Skylar Herbert was five years old. Skylar won't be with her mom today on Mother's Day. She was the first child with COVID-19 to die in Michigan. Skylar developed complications with which included a rare form of meningitis and brain swelling. I'm not going to get into if she died of that or COVID or you know all that, but that's not the point of the story. The point is the doctors cut out a small hole in the front of Skylar's head and stuck the tube in. Why? So they can drain the fluid that was developing on her brain. Then Skylar, at five years old, spent two weeks on a ventilator. Her mom said, this is her mom's words. She was the type of girl that would just run up to you and jump in your arms and hug you. Doesn't that make a picture-perfect Hallmark Mother's Day? It didn't matter what she was doing. She would stop what she was doing and tell me she loved me, like 20 times a day. <laughs> Isn't that the picture-perfect Mother's Day? Her mom said, I would whisper in her ear. This when she was in the hospital. She, her mom would say, Skylar, hold up your leg. Just think about it really hard and hold up your leg. And her mom said, with my assistance, she did. However, Skylar never opened her eyes again. I don't know how to deal with that. I've not walked through that. But that mom and other moms are dealing with that today. And there's moms all across this nation and Christians and people all across this nation that are dealing with situations like that. Life is hard. Trials come. Circumstances hit. You know, Matthew 18 verse 14 says, Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. God doesn't want to see little ones perish. Romans 5.13, For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Like Brother Kelly said in the Sunday school hour, we're off in a better place. Child that dies without understanding the law and of breaking right or wrong, they're with the Lord. They're with the Lord. There's comfort that a mom can draw knowing that. You see how the comfort comes from God? It comes spiritual comfort. Do you think that, that pain, it, it, you're never the same? Someone that loses a child is never the same. There's people brokenhearted that are dealing with with that this morning. Let's not forget, some people have situations that we can never understand and we've never walked through. Let's go over to Psalm chapter 139. Psalm 139. It don't take too long for a new mom to feel like she's inadequate. <laughs> you have all the answers ahead of time. 
You know the verses to go to, but then you're really in it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like when you, you uh, it isn't the best analogy, but I'm a guy, so I make analogies that are kind of guy-related, and you try to make it fit, make it fit. You know, you get ready for a fight, you train for it, but everybody's tough until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> I mean, you exercise, you train, you go through your techniques, you have your sparring partner, and then you go get in a match. Oh, man, good night. That, I didn't think it was going to hurt that bad. <laughs> well, it's the same with parenting. You read the books and you read another book and you think, yeah, I'm an expert. I read a book. You're not an expert. You're going to get in the midst of it and it ain't going to be, <laughs> it ain't going to be six to 12 months before you're going to feel like inadequate. All moms have been there. I think all people have been there one way, shape or another. But look at this. You have to know Psalm 139 verse 14. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. Wonderfully made. Did God mess up? No. You don't have to feel inadequate because God didn't mess up. Your child wasn't a mistake. If you're a mom today, you're a mom today because you didn't choose abortion. Many mothers chose that. You chose life. Why? Because God chose life. You lined up with what God says, fearfully made, wonderfully made, and that work is marvelous. That's God's work. That's God's child. You know, the American Constitution, as Americans, we have the right to life. Life. No one should take another's life. It's sad. Some women in this liberal movement, they'll take better care of a dog or a farm animal that's pregnant than they will their own body and their own child. Sadly, that's where we're at. People say, people get in all sorts of things, and, and there's so many reasons why this abortion issue comes up. But they say, well, what about incest? What about rape? Well, what about the super small percentage that that incorpor incorporates of all cases of abortion anyway? But I have three questions. Is it okay to kill a baby in the womb when a mother is raped or incest has happened? If you answer yes, then who else is it okay to kill when that happens? Who else's innocent life should we take when that happens? I know people are victims of that. I know that is, that happens sometimes to innocent people. And I know that they've done nothing wrong, but either is that child. And there's many options. There's, how about, run into a church, a preacher, a 
Christian neighbor, another mom who has been through some tough stuff that can help you? Or how about adoption? Do you know there's women that get married and want to have children? They have children, and it's great for them. There's many women that plan to get married, and then they can't have children. And all of a sudden, life doesn't seem so great for them. Adoption. That's a wonderful, beautiful thing. Adoption. Foster care. Moms that choose life line up with God's will. Choose life. I remember growing up, my mom had, well, there, there, there were four of us, and my parents adopted two children from Korea. So I have two Korean sisters, my younger sisters. There's six of us. But even in the midst of all that, mom just loved kids. So we had, we always had a new baby coming into the house. My parents were involved with foster care. And it didn't matter the race. It didn't matter the race. We had, we would have a black baby. We would have a Asian baby. We had, it didn't matter. Life. Those moms, praise God, they chose life. They chose life. Even though they didn't want to raise or couldn't raise their child. They chose life. This world and this culture and this message to moms are choose death. Death is an option for you to choose. I know, I know it's horrible, some of these things that happen to these women. That's a small percentage. And I'm not saying it's a small percentage to make light of it. I'm saying the much larger idea behind this is a culture of death. A biblical mom, a Christian mom chooses life. There's no reason to feel inadequate. And if you do, there's help available. The Bible also says in Psalm 139, marvelous are thy works. Marvelous is exciting wonder. It's incredible what God can do. Now watch how this verse ends. Psalm 139, the end of verse 14. Watch, and that my soul knoweth right well. That means you're 100% fully convinced and impressed by it. And you can't and I can't understand all the hows and all the whys about God's work. We can't. But we can know 100% that they're marvelous. For sure. Your soul knoweth right well. All right, so no mom should feel inadequate, even though at times she does. God's word can... Help straighten that out. Let's move on. 1 Peter chapter 5. All right, 1 Peter 5 and Ecclesiastes chapter 3. The worry wart mom. The worry wart. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 7. And Ecclesiastes 3 in your other hand. You know, the Bible says, 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Moms, if you all, oh, nobody loves me, nobody cares for me, nobody this, nobody, well, it might be true, but cast all your care upon him. Why? 
because he's the one that will care for you all the time, 100%. Ecclesiastes 3. Worry, 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 worry. There's a time for a lot of things, but there's not a time to worry. Look what it says. Verse number one, everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Time to be born and time to die. Hmm. A time to plant and time to pluck up that which is planted. Time to kill and time to heal. Time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep. A time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. How about that? Dancing in the Bible. Probably not the crazy stuff they do on TV and all that stuff, but uh, there's a time for that. Verse 5, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence. We want that a lot for the kids. <laughs> Would you be quiet? <laughs> and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate. You hate sin? God does. We should hate what God hates. A time of war. Sometimes the house feels like that all the time. You got three, four, five kids running around, and one's two, one's four, one's six, one's eight, and yeah, war zone. And a time of peace. Peace. That's when dad comes home and just silences everybody. All right, everybody shut up. <laughs> we're, we're having peace. Can't you hear me? Peace, I tell you. <laughs> but there's a time. For all those things. So why are we worrying? It's not a time for that. There's time for a bunch of stuff, but not to be a worry wart. Okay, who has ever felt discouraged? Psalm 42. The discouraged mom. Let's let's give her some help. And if you've ever felt discouraged, we'll get you some help. Psalm 42, verse number 5, the Bible says, Why, Psalm 42, verse 5, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? You know, when you're cast down, you're, you're weighed down with sorrow. You're depressed. I've been there before of you. Disquieted means you're uneasy, you're restless, you're troubled. Disquieted means your mind is just anxious. Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. All the other hope fails. Hope in what the, 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 these so-called medical professionals are giving you, hope in this, all this political agenda, Hope in all these things. Hope in God. That's our hope. Find comfort. He'll aid you. And believe that He will see you through it. He will. Might not go the way you want, but God's there. Psalm 94. Psalm 94. Let's look at the scared mom. Scared mom. That's a scary thing sometimes. 
to know that you've got a big responsibility. What if this? What if that? What if this? What if that? How many moms got scared when they first realized that their son or their daughter was going to have the keys to a vehicle? <laughs> Prayer life amped up then, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Psalm 91, verse number four. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. A mama bird will keep its young safe by wrapping and covering with the feathers. A shield, what does that do? It covers and it protects you. A buckler is a kind of shield. Imagine a shield, a circular shield. And then a buckler, you know, you got the circle shield in the center of the buckler and the front of it, it's like a dome, like another circled dome. And the reason that this shield was made like that, you almost had like a curved, it was like a curved little shield like that. And then in the middle of it was a big dome that came out, almost like a round thing. Well, that buckler type of shield was used because it repelled darts, it repelled arrows as it hit away better. That's why that shield was designed. God's going to cover you. He's going to shield you and act as a buckler. It's going to hit and go away. That's what God wants to do for you. He wants to be your shield. He wants to be your buckler. He wants to be the wings over you, covering you, keeping you safe. There's no reason to be scared. No reason. God's truth surrounds you, and God's truth keeps you safe. Now, I have to qualify a lot of things because there's no guarantee that we're going to have physical safety here on earth. There's no guarantee we're going to have physical health here on earth. There's no guarantee that we're going to have physical wealth here on earth. We are guaranteed to have spiritual health if he would grab access to it. We're guaranteed to have eternal life spiritually for our soul, for those that have put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that doesn't, unless you really meditate on that and really pray about that and really get a hold of that, that doesn't mean much to much a lot of people. But if you're a Christian mom, get a hold of that verse. Get a hold of that verse. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now I want to finish with the sacrificial mom. I want to use George Mueller. Young George, his mother died of, I believe, the flu. Young George was only 14 years old. And you know where he was? He didn't even know his mother died. Because young George at 14 was down at the tavern playing cards, gambling, and drinking with his buddies. You imagine back in the 1800s, a mom on her deathbed knowing what her son's been up to, and all that she has sacrificed in trying to survive in those times, 
And now that mom is dying. And she has that knowing all that her young son got into out in the world. George Mueller became one of the pioneers of Christian faith and did so much. He ended up getting saved. Then he ended up getting married. And he ended up, him and his wife began working with orphans in 1836. His wife, Mary, kept 30 girls. That's a mom with 30 girls in their own home. If you're older, you know this. Back in the old days, no, I'm not, I'm not calling anybody here old. I'm not calling names. I'm just saying back in the old days, you know that the houses were smaller and the moms and the dads typically had more children, right? <laughs> okay. Well, go back to the 1800s. It was even more so. Now the houses are bigger and people tend to have less children. Imagine another 30 in your house. That's a sacrificial mom, and they're not even her children biologically, just that spirit of adoption. That's a beautiful thing for a mother to do. Well, that was Mueller's wife. Soon after that, they opened three more orphanages, caring for about 130 children. Now, you know, more help came along, but they went from 30 to 130 children they're caring for. In 1845, as they got bigger, Muller decided they would build another building for around 300 children, 30 to 130 to 300. In 1849, that home opened. And in 1870, more than 2,000 children were being helped in their five homes. Mary, his wife, and George, by the way, started all of this in the middle of a cholera epidemic. <laughs> they didn't, sh I mean, I just thought that that was interesting based upon where we're at now with this coronavirus. Let's just shut everything down and never open it up again, ever. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but that's what it feels like for a lot of people. Anyway, I'm going to get back to his wife, Mary. That's a lot of kids to care for and raise, and they're not yours. That's a sacrificial mom. What is sacrifice? Some people say sacrifice is doing something for somebody else. But I would say that would be an incomplete definition. Have you ever done something for somebody else? I have. Have you ever done something for someone else begrudgingly? <laughs> I have. That's not sacrifice. That's tolerating and getting the job done. A true sacrificial heart is the heart of Christ. Doing something for someone else, sacrificing your expense to do something for someone else and counting it all joy. You know what joy is? It's gladness not dependent or defined on the circumstance. That's joy. 
She had a sacrificial heart, Mary and George. But Mary, imagine that, all those kids. But in between the time that that, that she married George and by the time 1845 hit, those four orphanages, between that time, this is how this mom's personal life went with her children. 1831, stillborn. Imagine being a young mom raising all these kids, all these kids, and just wanting your own, wanting your own, stillborn. 1832, Lydia, which was the only child that they saw grow to adulthood. She died at 58 years from the flu. George found this out when he was on his, he was on a trip in India. He found this out. That was their only child that they saw go to adulthood. Every single one of their children died before they died. Or died at least before George. Not sure about his wife. But 1834, Elijah, he dies at one. And then in 1838, another stillborn. That's a lot for a mom to go through, wouldn't you say? It's a lot. And this culture of death, this culture of inconvenience, this culture of I'm going to be liberated. Liberated from what? This culture of it's my choice, I'll do what I want. That's funny. Women back in the 1800s didn't think that way. Women back in the 1900s didn't think that way. Children weren't inconveniences. They were marvelously made and fearfully made by God. And, and moms and women sacrificed their lives to raise them and care for them and teach them the Bible. We need to get back to that. As a culture, as Christians, a culture of sacrificial giving. I'll end with this. Why? Because the greatest sacrifice was made for our salvation by Jesus Christ. He is our example. He doesn't want any of these little ones to perish. Raise them for God. Raise them with joy in your heart. Not being scared, not feeling inadequate, not none of those things, not being a worry wart. All those things we went through, why? You might have a George Mueller in your hand. Mom died, he was in a bar drinking and playing cards with his friends. You never know if you've got a George Mueller in your hand. Raise him for God. Would you bow with me, please? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We're certainly thankful that we have the freedom to still meet we're thankful for all the Christian moms that have made sacrifices to teach their children about you. We ask you to bless all of us as we leave this afternoon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.